What did you eat for breakfast? I had coconut yogurt with blueberries and raspberries and granola. Welcome to Music on Your Own Terms, the podcast that aims to help musicians develop an entrepreneurial mindset through interviews, as well as discussing resources, concepts, successes, and more. Providing a platform to talk about negative emotions such as anxiety and depression in order to help overcome them in the context of music and reduce the social stigma. This is episode 139. This episode is sponsored by Ignite Your Music Career. You may remember in episode 90, I chatted to Craig Dodge about sync licensing and how he makes a living through writing music for TV, video games, and film. Musicians all over the world subscribe to Ignite Your Music Career and earn more royalties, more upfront sync fees, and more recurring revenue from their music. Whether you're a composer, singer-songwriter, band, beatmaker, or instrumentalist, your music can be earning you more money. Internationally acclaimed composer, musician, and music educator Craig Dodge has licensed his music in more than 1,000 TV show episodes, films, video games, and ads all over the world, and he will show you how you can too. Ignite gives you the information you need in a simple, accessible format, and you learn at your own pace. For just $6 a month, you get a video lesson each week on topics related to music licensing, from writing techniques to how to find your markets, and everything in between. You also get tools and activities to build the skills you need to be successful, and each lesson includes a royalty-free sound pack to download and use in your own music. The key to success in the music business today is to diversify your sources of revenue. Ignite will show you how. For more information or to subscribe to Ignite, visit the website at taris-studios.com or click the link on musiconyourownterms.com. Joining me this time out is Amsterdam-based singer and social media coach Joe Serra. We chat about her musical history and culturally rich upbringing, traveling the world with her parents who are diplomats. Joe Sarah also talks about the overarching message of her music, the importance of branding and consistency for artists, and how fear of failure nearly ended her singing career. If you enjoy the podcast and want to show your support, I'd be really grateful if you would consider signing up for the mailing list to stay in the loop with everything going on with the show. Just head over to musiconyourownterms.com and click the link. While you're there, you can also visit the store and grab some merch, or just buy me a coffee and help out with the running costs of the show. Thanks for listening. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Joe Serra, who's a, an artist producer and also runs Umaboss, which is social media coaching. So welcome. And how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me on the on your podcast. It's amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. If you could introduce yourself to the listeners and you know what you do in each capacity, and we'll go from there. Yeah, sure. I'm Joe Serra, and I am a singer, songwriter, producer. I am based in Amsterdam, but I make music all around the world. And my music is like Latin urban mixed with R&B. And I mostly make music about the female sexuality. Mm -hmm. It's a subject that is very close to my heart. And I think that we need to talk about female sexuality more 
uh, have a two-year project coming up that's called UMA, which means woman in Surinamese, because I'm half Surinamese. For the, those who don't know where Suriname is, it's a South American country above Brazil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a, it's about film sexuality, and I have 10 singles coming up with video clips that all are about the f- different subjects about female sexuality. And so I'm excited about that. And yeah, and I am also a social media coach for artists because artists have struggled a lot, especially during this pandemic. And I thought I want to help out because right now my Instagram is my main source of getting gigs, getting, you know, all kinds of requests or collaborations. And I'm earning money through my Instagram as an artist right now. Wow. Because with streaming, you can earn so much, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I think a lot of artists can do this as well but you just need someone to guide them. So I thought, let me just help them. Yeah, that's what I do. That's that's my Uma boss. That's fantastic. Yeah, and we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit more later on. You know, that's basically what this podcast is about, is helping artists progress in their business and, and their mindset. So that that's that's fantastic. So let's start off going back and finding out, you know, where, where you got the music bug and why you started singing. You know, what, what started it off for you? Well, um, so I'm I'm half Dutch and half Surinamese, but uh, I didn't grow up in the Netherlands or in Suriname. My family, we traveled around and lived in many countries, and then I got to hear a lot of different styles of music. I lived in different countries in Asia, mm-hmm. and I remember when I was around three or four years old, I would just watch MTV all the time, and I knew at that point, I want to be a singer, and I've known all my life. And my parents put me on, I, I played, played the, the, the flute, piano lessons, and then I started singing lessons as well. I started dancing. Like the arts were always my main focus. It's what got me through high school. We had a theater next to our high school and I would perform almost weekly and just learn. I taught myself the guitar, just learn as much instruments as I can. My parents always put on music in the house, especially Latin music and African music and jazz too. So those are definitely my roots where I come from. Mm-hmm. And then when I when we moved back to the Netherlands, I just knew I wanted to pursue music. So I, I studied at the conservatory. Yeah, and uh, when I and I also studied in Denmark. And during that time, I learned so much about my instrument, and I also learned how to play percussion and just learned new repertoire. Um, wrote a lot of songs. And at the end of my studies, I actually wrote my whole first album. Um, it's called Citizen of the World because mm-hmm. it was like, uh, you know, a deep dive in who am I? Because when you move around a lot, you don't really know where you come from. Right. So in the end, I'm just a citizen of the world. And, mm. you know, the songs flow float out of me. And the, my first album is like a, a mix of Brazilian rhythms with uh, jazz and pop. And there's a lot of improvisation going I actually got got a band together that's amazing and with a, really, a lot of talented people. And we just recorded the whole album in uh, four days in the studio. And a lot of time just at night and a lot of it was improvisation and it was just really awesome. Yeah. Great. So that's how I got the music bug and I still have it. What what caused your parents and you, yourself to move around? They're diplomats. Oh, okay. So it's, it's, it's an amazing upbringing. I would suggest it for everybody because you get to see so much of the world. Oh, yeah. And you don't see, like, you know, boxes. You see just people as they are, not mm-hmm. what culture they come from. You respect the culture, right? but it's like something beautiful. It's not something that sets them apart from you, you know. 
So it's really nice. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I always like to say that the beauty or the dichotomy of the human condition is, is the fact that everybody has their own individual experiences, but we're all the same, you know, wherever you go. It, it's kind of amazing. And I, you know, I grew up in England. I've traveled Europe a little bit and now I'm in the States. So I definitely, I love going to see other places and seeing just how, how different things are, but how, you know, ultimately similar everything is. Yeah, exactly. The world is so, so full of beautiful cultures for sure. and things to learn. Yeah. So let's see what led you into, I mean, you, you kind of talked to, uh, touched on it a little bit in the beginning about coaching, but what really drew you to, first of all, what drew you to Instagram? And second of all, you know, what's your, what's your niche? I mean, what, what do you teach specifically? Cause you obviously as one person, you can't teach like absolutely everyone. What do you focus on? So what, what drew me to it? Because I noticed that, you know, during especially during the pandemic, that a lot of artists were just like, you know, with their hands in their hair, like, oh, what, you know, what should I do now? I can't perform anymore. And mm. a lot of them got into a dip. And I really took this time as well just to see like, okay, what's working, what's not working. I did a lot of research. I experimented a lot. I, my Instagram grew a lot because I was, you know, trying my own strategies. Because the thing is, I've researched a lot on in Google but there, there's no strategy for artists on social media. There's for fashion bloggers, influence, there's all kinds of other you know, strategies that available, but for artists, there's not so much. And I thought, why? You know, it's, there should be because it would help us out a lot. Mm. What I notice is that Instagram is really nice because it's a very visual uh, social media platform and it's also very accessible it's quick but it's also really handy in use mm -hmm. for me facebook is is okay but it's just a little bit the whole it's you know it's not as clear and instagram in most countries like for instance in brazil instagram is the number one social media platform it's not facebook anymore it's not and not even tiktok like okay so Instagram is like the universal social media platform that's the, one of the biggest in the world. So I think that's why artists should use it. At, but they, they should also use other platforms, of course, YouTube and just name it. But it's a really great core place to start your business. And, and what I focus on is actually artist branding. Mm -hmm. Because nowadays you can just not just go online and say, oh, uh, listen to my song, listen to my song. People need to trust you and need to know what you stand for, what you have to say, and what you... Uh, what kind of value you bring to their lives, you know? Mm. So that's what being an, uh, an, a brand is about for an artist. And doesn't mean that you have to sell your soul to the devil or whatever, or to society, or it means who you, that you are very clear on who, what you have to say, what you stand for and, you know, your image, you know, it's, it's so important. And it, it, you don't have to change yourself to have a great brand. Mm. You just need to know who you are and need to focus on that. And just be proud of it and just use your talents and use your specialties and just to, to ignite and shine even brighter on Instagram. And I, and I actually am starting a, a five-week course for artists in October. Mm -hmm. And I will repeat that. There are only like five spots for artists every time because I want to focus on that. And then they get a whole five-week course with videos and bonus materials and also like social media tracking tools to just like get level up and you know build your instagram brand as an artist and just from there you can grow and grow because for instance i just finished a tour with an orchestra which was amazing i never I, and I, i've had a few gigs this summer and i have some gigs coming up 
And all of those gigs were not my doing. They just called me because they saw my Instagram. And I think this is, and I don't, I don't have 10,000 followers. I have 3,000 something. So it doesn't, it's not about how many followers you have. It's mm-hmm. about what you do on Instagram and that people know what to call you for. You know what I mean? Right. So my niche is main, mainly focusing on branding and Insta- and how to use Instagram for that and other platforms as an artist, especially for female artists. And just to know that you don't have to you know, be on social media all the time. You can focus on your music still, but still be effective, mm. you know, in a quick way, but e- efficient way, because there are courses out there, but it's, it's so time consuming. And I want to focus on my music as an artist. I don't want to focus right. on social media all, of, all, you know, the whole day. So that's what I focus on. And just also like the part, you know, there's a lot of fear of failure as an artist. There's a lot of fear of rejection and that needs to be taken into account as well when you brand yourself. So yeah, that, I think that makes it a bit different from other courses and other things that are out there, other strategies, because I'm an artist too, and I understand what we go through. So I just thought I want to help out artists. That's all I thought. And that's what I'm doing. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Just talking on Instagram and it's 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 a visual platform and we are visual species. We don't our first impressions are with our eyes, not our ears, which, you know, is is a challenge for artists because I think back in the in the golden age or whatever you want to call it of music, you you only had the radio. You didn't the like, let's say the uh the Tonight Show or whatever would be the only time you'd see the Beatles or Ed Sullivan, I think it was. You know, that's the only time you'd see these bands, you know, visually, everything else was through the radio. And now, you know, with technology the way it is, you know, we we see everything first. And I think that makes it a little more challenging for for artists that concentrate on, you know, their auditory experience and they're not mm-hmm. really focused on their visual experience. But I think that's something we have to be as artists. Definitely. For instance, like last year, of course, during the pandemic, I, I, I lost a lot of income, just like all the artists. And I thought, but I still want to release my music. So I had this song called No Wi-Fi. Mm. And I thought, okay, how I want to make a video clip, but I don't have like thousands of euros for the budget for the video clip. So what I did, I was going to visit my best friend in the south of France, and it's very beautiful there. I just took my iPhone 11. And I, I took my gimbal mm-hmm. and we went paddle boarding onto the sea and there was this beautiful bay and we just shot the video clip there. She shot me with my iPhone and I edited the whole video clip myself. And I had a friend who had some drone mm. uh, visuals from the neighborhood and people don't even know I shot the whole thing with my iPhone, but the whole shoot didn't cost me anything. You know what I mean? So it's just also daring to try something different, right. you know, and also... As artists, we can do so much. We're such creative beings, you know? And I really believe if you feel empowered to do that kind of stuff, you can. Oh, for sure. It's it's difficult to, some, you know, you don't want to show your face all day, all the time. And that's, there are, but there are ways to uh, avoid having to show your face, even though you don't want to. Just on a day that you feel like it, just make extra content, for instance, you know? And then you, then you have that on the day that you don't feel like it. There's all kinds of things you can do. Right. Yeah, I mean, I I was just going to say that may, maybe from my perspective, I've heard quite a few people in the metal community saying, you know, it it everything the way it is today kind of takes away from the mysteriousness of a band. You you would build up something 
people would want more of your music because they didn't know who was playing it. They didn't know people how people were kind of look and how they performed. But I think I think that's largely gone. I don't think that can is is really something you can do unless you were being very specific and it was very orchestrated. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you kind of pretend to be a a, a new, I mean, you know, let's say. You know, what's uh, Damon Albarn's uh, side project? Oh, it's the cartoon characters. <sighs> I'm having a brain fart. Oh, I, I don't know him, actually. He, he's, he's the singer of Blur, the British band. But then oh, there okay. was like a animation band, cartoon characters. They're pretty big. And I'm, I'm completely blanking on the name of it. Oh, you mean the gorillas? Gorillas, thank you. Yes. Oh, okay. So yeah. my my thing with the is it gorillas? Yeah, I think it is. So that that's kind of this theatrical embodiment of the music, but it's not real people. Mm-hmm. My my point is, you can be theatrical and you can orchestrate a mysterious thing, but largely, if you're an artist trying to be, you know, authentic, you have to put yourself out there. Is my point. Well, I think personally, like I I. I think if you really feel that you want to have like, you know, your whole art, uh, artist career that you want to be a cartoon, you can, but you need to go all in sure. and you need to think about how am I going to put myself out there as, as an artist, because it is possible. I mean, nowadays we see Sia, for instance, we don't see her face, right? Uh, but she just knew, I don't want to show my face. I want, the, want it to be about my music. Is that the one who has blonde on one side and black on the other? Uh, yeah, it's the one where you just see a blonde wig and you don't see her face. Okay. And she got, people got really interested in her because they couldn't see her, of course. But that was her brand because people just know mm-hmm. blonde wig with a, with a straight pony, uh, with straight, um, what's it called again? Bang? With straight bangs, that's Sia. It's like an image thing. So there is an image involved, you know? And so whatever you want to do, you can as an artist. Daft Punk. Exactly, Daft Punk. You can do it if you want, but you just need you just need to really embrace it and go for it, and really think about all the aspects of your brand. You have to see yourself as a brand. That's what they all do. You know, it's the, Daft Punk is a brand. Gorillas is a brand. It's there because they have they have merchandise, they mm. have theme colors, they have a certain type type of music, they have a certain type of subject that they, that they, that they sing or make music about. You know, and I think. A lot of artists think, oh, I don't want to be you know, so commercial and stuff. But this is not a commercial thing. It's just being very clear about who you are, what you stand for, what you have to say. And also, who do you want to make music for? You know, That's also important. Just to know who is your ideal fan. Who do you want to have screaming and singing your song in the audience? Like, and then when you know those the answers to those questions, you can actually it's easier to like kind of flow into who you are as a brand, as an artist, you know, mm. for instance, my, my Josera brand, I, I decided like, I, it's been, it's been a subject that I've been thinking about. I've been discovering my own sexuality a lot as a, as a woman. And I, I just see around me that there's such a, a lack of sexual education about the female pleasure and sexuality. And I, and I want to do something about it. I want to help a lot of women enjoy sex and their sexuality safely and I want to make music for that mm. because I, I believe when you hear music about a subject, it's different when you hear, you know, someone speaking about it, it because it touches a different part of you. Sure. And for instance, uh, my next song that's coming out in November, it's called Juicy. And it's about the female orgasm, but not in a way that 
the man is involved. That's that is about the man. It's about it's totally about me as a woman and what I experience and what I feel and what happens to my body, you know. And it does it's it's um, it's totally uncensored. Mm-hmm. But I I really wanted to make a song about that because I want to share how great it is to actually experience pleasure as a woman, you know. And we we got our clitoris for a reason. It's not just there. It's there for a reason to have to get pleasure, you know. And mm. and so my Instagram brand is mostly about just sharing my views on sexuality, uh, female sexuality, and also just sharing posts about what I think we, we should talk about. I want to I, I, I want to create a safe place where men, women, non-binary, uh, LGBTQ plus can talk about the female sexuality because I can talk about other kinds of sexualities, but that's not me. I want to talk about how I experience things and also how people around me experience things. And so my brand is about my music, which is about female sexuality. So not only do I post songs of mine, I also post about subjects around the female sexuality. And I also post, uh, for instance, videos that I'm dancing on high heels or that I'm twerking because that's also part of it. You know what I mean? So it's... And, and it's so clear because I've noticed when I started doing this and when I knew this is my brand, just, I just, the, 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 the flow of getting more requests and getting more gigs and just getting more followers and people really engaging with my content just grew mm. exponentially. So yeah, I really believe you don't have to have a lot of followers. You don't need to put a lot of money into Instagram ads. You don't need to you just need to be really clear about what you want to do and how you want to do it. And I can help that uh, artist with that, with Uma Boss. That's my goal, at least. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And and by you actually putting that out there, you become an, an advocate for that kind of safe space and really doing the same kind of thing that I'm doing, I'm trying to do for mental health. Mm. And, and I think that's an extension of mental health because you're you're really trying to reduce stigmas and I think, you know, coming from England, I have that stiff upper lip, you know, you can't show your feelings, that kind of thing. And that was detrimental in my own mental health. And, you know, putting it out on my podcast is something that really, it's a huge, honestly, I don't know if if this is something you've experienced with what you're doing, but putting my mental health experience out into the world on a public platform really took a huge kind of weight off my, my mind because now I'm basically using my platform as a as my therapy Mm -hmm. so i don't know if that's you know something that you've kind of experienced with your brand and what you're doing um yeah i i first of all like i applaud you for for doing this because it takes courage courage to to do it and to share your own personal story especially for me to talk about the subject is so taboo my family and friends were like, mm. at the beginning were like, whoa, this is very personal. Are you sure about this? But I just knew, like, if I don't talk about it, I cannot help people. You know, if I don't spread my music about it, mm. uh, don't, don't, if I don't sing about it, don't write about it, it will just stay the same. And I think we artists have such a powerful role in this, in this world, you know. We, we change worlds with our creativity, with our, like, we have this you know, connection to the universe that other people just don't have in a certain way. And we can kind of bring peace and love and acceptance if we want to, you know, 
And definitely the more I've been speaking about it, like the, the more conversations I've, I've gained and with, with people I've gotten, I've had so many, especially with the men, actually, they have responded so well to all of my posts. And um, I've, I've learned so much from men. I've learned so much from women. I've learned so much from, you know, uh, gynecologists, sexologists, therapists. It's just like so educating for myself as well. And, and also uh, sharing about my fears, my shame, my struggles around sexuality. It's been so enlightening and also amazing because I, I feel like I'm growing and I'm opening up even more, you know, and I'm blossoming into a, uh, a stronger woman, you know? Mm. So definitely I totally share your feelings about talking about, and mental health is a big part of it because yeah, mental health is and sexuality go hand in hand. Definitely. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, anything that you, I think anything, no matter what it is that you suppress is going to be negative on your psyche. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't matter if it's past trauma, if it's sexuality, if it's, you know, what, whatever the thing is, if you're, if you're suppressing it and you're not talking about it, it's, it's going to come out some, you know, down the line, it's, it's going to rear its ugly head. So, you know, the more you can kind of get rid of the stigma and start talking about things across the board, it's, it's extremely healthy. Yeah, and definitely. And if we talk to each other about it, we understand each other even better. So there's, oh yeah, then you create a space of love, not of, you know, of hate. And I think educating our, ourselves and each other uh, in a respectful and loving way about the taboos in this world will really create a, a, a new uh, evolution of equality, you know, and not a, not a divide between races or uh, genders or types of people, you know. I really, really believe if, if we... The more we educate ourselves about female sexuality, for instance, the more women will enjoy sex and their sexuality and the more men will have actually will gain respect for women as well. Because it's not a lot. It's not only the men's fault. It's also the women's fault. Like it's, it's, it's society's fault. We all have a responsibility in this whole big problem. Mm. And if everybody does their part and every but joins the conversation, we will eliminate the problem. You know what I mean? And we will solve the problem and we will have more women enjoying their sex and their sexuality in a safe way. Because that's also a thing, the, sa the safety, of course. And For sure. I've had such great responses from people that follow me that they are like, oh, I didn't know this. Thank you for telling me. I will definitely do this the next time, you know? And I'm just like, oh, yes, at least one woman will have an amazing evening now you know what i mean right and that's what i'm i'm here to do on this planet that's what i'm here to do in this lifetime is to help people with my music and with my voice and i think my voice is not only my singing voice but also my speaking voice because as an artist i am you know uh, i have a view a vision of things how should, things should be and i want to share that in all kinds of ways definitely so fantastic what what would you say that your you know your parents are diplomats? So what would you say you've taken from from what they do into your own kind of you know whether that be social media coaching or whether that be you know your music project? Is there anything specific that you've kind of learned from them? Well, uh, first of all, my parents are my, my mother is black and my mother my father's white, and there's such a mix of ethnicities. First of all, and because I grew up in different countries. I just learned that 
like it doesn't matter where you come from it's all about who you are as a person and what you do and what you have to say you know and they've always shown me how to love people how to show respect and to love people and that's really the base of what i'm doing i'm not you know coaching artists on social media because of gaining uh, becoming a millionaire of course i want to be a millionaire i just, but i really want to help them you know, and I, I really believe because I see so many artists out there and I see their Instagram and just like just with a few tiny tweaks, you can get so much more engagement, so much more people going to your Spotify, going to your Apple Music title, whatever, and streaming your music. You know what I mean? It's just like mm-hmm. the little things that nobody really tells you in, in music school. And I think that should be I think that should be one of, you know, next to, of course, your main subject. It should be a really important subject at the conservatories because we need a, a we definitely have a di- in a different age now there's no mtv where we can just put on the tv and then only then you can watch the video clips no we have we have access to so much more but then it's also harder to become visible you know and that's why being a brand is so much more important because it's it's more it's a global thing it's a it's not only showing yourself in video clips it's also what kind of colors? What are your fonts? Uh, what What do you talk about? Uh, what do you do as uh, side projects? What are your collaborations? Do you work with certain brands because they are important for what you want to say? For instance, you know, it's just it's such a broader perspective that you have now, and that we need to have as artists now because now we have so much more power in a way because we have access to the whole world, you know. Right. And if you really want to use that power, you can. You just, need, you just need to know how, and nobody teaches us that. I just had to discover it for myself, and I'm still not done discovering. But what I have discovered, I really want to share with those who haven't discovered it yet. So that's, you know, and that's the same thing with my female sexuality and my, my songs about it with Joe Sarah, of course. Like everything I've discovered and I've experienced in the conversations that I've had, I want to share that with people because I believe that we can learn from each other. Mm. And if I can help one person, I'm already very happy. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think branding, the, the fundamentals of branding will never change. What do you, what do you keep your kind of focus on in terms of like social media to keep your, your content kind of evergreen? So you're, you're kind of avoiding the changes in the algorithms and the programming. Like what, how do you kind of keep your content current? Well, I don't think we should, of course, you need to, you need to be very aware of what you post online because once it's online, it's always there, of course, but being a brand doesn't mean you have to stay the same for 10 years or 20 years. Of course, your brand can change as long as you know what you wanted to change it to, you mm-hmm. know, but I think just make sure that what you post is high quality audio, high quality video. That's the, that's the most important thing for Instagram. And it doesn't have to be you know, with, with huge cameras or anything. I mean, the smartphones nowadays are, are amazing, you know, but just make sure you have a great lighting and it, you don't have to post a perfect song. People want to see who you are, not your perfection. They want to see your small mistakes as well, because that makes you human. They want to be able to relate to you. It's so much more important what you have to say than how you say it in a way, you know what I mean? Of course, it's also important how you say it, but the first, the priority is what you have to say. And I know a lot of artists always struggle with, oh, I don't think I know this song enough. I don't think this video is good enough, so I'm not going to post it. But if we keep thinking that, we won't post anything, you know. Mm-hmm. And if we just, you will, if you post it in the end, and then your feedback is really great, 
then why should you know you not just keep posting that kind of stuff? And if your feedback is not so well, you can ask your followers like, hey, so what do you think of this video? And then if they give you feedback, then you're like, okay, next time I need to make it shorter, or next time I need to have a different space, or just like just ask people because there's no shame in that, you know. And I just think it's important that you have a connection with your fans, your followers. That's important. So involve them in your creative process, you know, take them behind the scenes of, of your video clip shoot, of your studio session, of just writing a song, take them, you know, on a, uh, tell them what your new song is about. Because if you know what a song is about, like the story behind it, you're more likely to listen to that song, to buy mm-hmm. that song, Absolutely. right? Then when you just hear a song, people just ask you to stream it. And so for instance, when I do a pre-save campaign, I always as a reward when people pre-save it, I, for instance, sometimes I, I, I give them a behind the scenes video that's exclusive to the people who pre-saved my song mm-hmm. because it's something special. You put them in spotlight and you're like, thank you so much. Um, especially for you, I made a video behind the scenes and only you know about it, you know, right now. And people want to be part of an exclusive, exclusive community. That's all we, all we all want. And if you involve them in, into that, that's very great, you know? And it, it also, People just love the story of a, of a song, you know? Mm. And sometimes we, as artists, want to keep it open for interpretation. I get that too. But you can do it in a way that you can still keep it open. Absolutely. And there are all kinds of apps and tools to make content as well, you know? You just need to know how to make content and also need, need to know how can you structure it and make it constant. Because the thing is, the one number one thing on Instagram is if you're not consistent with posting, it doesn't mean you have to post every day, mm-hmm. but if you post every day for, for like four weeks and then four weeks, you don't post anything at all. You'll just not be visible on Instagram on any platform nowadays. So you just, if you, it's better than to, you know, post every three times a week or two times a week and then just keep that constant going. Just, just, you know, put your creative, creative urges online, you know, when you are like, oh, I, I feel like jamming. I, I feel like learning this song. I'm going to learn it. I'm just going to make a story about it that I'm learning this song and then I'm just going to post it. And people love that because they like to see your process mm-hmm. because we artists, I've heard this a lot. We artists come over across as like this mysterious being, you know, like how do they make this amazing music or this amazing art? People want to know how you do it because... When you are in the zone, like you can probably relate to this. When you're in the zone, you make things that are just incredible. that have never been done. You're just like, whoa, how did I do this? You know, mm. right? Yeah, especially if you get into that zone. So people want to be a part of that magic. Yes, yeah. like meditation. Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, talking about that, you know, you, you've got the the guitar heroes of the 70s and 80s and 90s that you, you don't see their YouTube videos. They're, they're there on the stage and their videos and you know, there are these amazing musicians. And now, like from, from my, you know, people that I listen to, like you have Steve Vai Satriani and they're the, 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 the instrumental gods of the 90s. Mm-hmm. And now you've got someone like Tosin Abasi, who's arguably one of the most amazing, you know, metal progressive guitar players out there. But you go on his Instagram and he's playing these little tiny, you know, two bar things that the these etudes that he's playing to practice those techniques and it's like although he's such an amazing guitar player you know you can see his process just like you said of putting those techniques together and and then you can see all right well he did that repeat 
for a couple of hours and now we have this song on this album oh i see what what he did you know in one way it's kind of like i talked about before you you lose that mysteriousness but again you you connect with the guy like he's he's attainable now you can reach out to him and comment and he'll comment back whereas before it was like this idol kind of thing which almost isn't a good good thing you, you know idolizing things yeah can lead to uh some pretty negative situations but i won't i won't disappear down that rabbit hole so let, let's move on to the non-quick fire question round sure what significant negative experience have you overcome and what did it teach you fear of failure Fear of failure. Wow. It made me not write songs for two years. Wow. Because I was, it, it was actually after my album, my first album, I had a successful tour. I, I, you know, I just loved it. I was in the seventh heaven and then that tour finished. And then I was like, whoa, what now? You know? And then I just, I went down, down this, this hole of fear of you know, being afraid of to fail. I was so crippled by it, actually. And it's it's taken, a, I, I must say, like, I'm not 100% out of it because it's a battle every day. But I, I get to deal with it more because I, for instance, like, I, I would not write songs. I would just be like, oh, I'm not good enough for that. I'm not good enough for that. Even though I know I have the talent, I know I'm good enough. But it's like, it's so easy because you, you get so good at telling lies to yourself, you know, mm-hmm. your conscious, so strong. Fear of fail. And I, what the sentence that really helped me is you only fail when you give up. Mm-hmm. So if you give up, you fail. I haven't given up yet. Nope. And I won't give up because music is my life, my passion. It's my everything. I even actually, at one point, I even thought quitting music that in those two years, I was really at a low, but I knew like I cannot because my whole being tells me I have to do this. I, I was born to be an artist. And so I just, you know what I did? At one point, I poured all of that fear into a song mm. and it's called Sea of Fear. It's also a song I want to release. It just, it was, and I cried and I cried just writing the song, you know? I, I think sometimes we're so afraid to fail that we get writer's block. But the only thing that, I will, that will heal us is writing, is expressing us, ourselves, you know? And that's what I have at least. And I'm still, it's so personal, the music I make and so personal the music we make as artists. Uh, it's just, and it takes courage every time to release it, to share it. And I've, I've just learned that it's better to share it than to keep it for myself because it's meant to be shared. Mm. What I, I, what, like, for instance, I have been researching a lot and I'm, I also tell the artists that I coach for social media, like how to deal with their fear of failure is just tackle one fear a day. That's it. Like if just like one fear a day, for instance, if, if someone asks me, Hey, do you want to do this gig? And this person is like amazing. I, I really, you know, idolize them. And and the first thing that you might think is like, "Ooh, am I good enough?" But instead of thinking, "No, I'm not gonna do this," you say, "Let's do it," and you just tackle that fear and you do it. And in the end, every time I've tackled a fear, it has brought me so much more joy and so much opportunity. So many opportunities. For instance, I actually asked some. I wanted to go to a foundation and ask for funding for one of my projects, right? My new project. And I just thought, oh, I don't think they'll think I'm good enough. All, all those thoughts came to my mind. 
And then I think I, then I thought to myself, why am I thinking this? Like, let, let me just try it. And it, it doesn't cost me anything. Let me just try it. So in the end, I finished, I, I handed my project plan in 50 minutes before the deadline. And I got the full funding wow. in the end. That's awesome. And I'm just so grateful to myself that I didn't hold myself back because I was afraid to fail. And the thing is, fears are there not to cripple us, not to hold us back, but just to raise our awareness of the dangers around us. But it doesn't mean that these fears are so real that we cannot you know, go through them. I actually wrote a song about this the other day. It's how I see it. Like you see a waterfall and there's water just streaming down. And people tell you that behind the waterfall, there's El Dorado, like a paradise. And mm -hmm. it's just amazing. You will experience amazing stuff. But you have to go through the waterfall first. And it seems impossible. It seems like you cannot go behind the waterfall. But when you do do it, you'll know you'll be there. And I've done that a few times. And the, 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 the more times you actually go through the waterfall or behind it, the more it becomes easier to deal with your fear of failure because you get more, uh, you, you are more conscious about it as well. You're more aware like, hey, this is my fear of failure talking. It's not real. It's not who I am. Let's think positive. Let's not think negative now because there's no reason to, you know, it's just, it's just a habit, habit of just putting yourself down, but it, there's no need. So yeah, that's one of the big things that I've been tackling. What What do you think was the cause of it though? Like you came off that tour, why did that feeling come about? Was it because you was it maybe because you needed to make something equal or better than that album and tour and everything, or like what brought it on? It was definitely the the the, the very high high bar that I set for myself, mm. the expectations, also. Being so focused on what people might think, or being so focused on how things will be received, I actually forgot that I make music for myself in the first place. M music is my therapy. Music is what I do to just be able to flow, to, to breathe better, to exist better, you know? Mm. And, and I, I took that part away from myself, kind of, you know? And I knew, like, there's something this is wrong. I knew it, it It didn't fit. And when I realized that I was actually, you know, hurting myself by not making music, I started making music again. And, and the things that I made were really like great. And I was super proud of it. Yeah. And I think what brought it on was just my perfectionism mm. and the expectations and also being too focused on what people think and being and comparing myself to, to other artists that's just, it's not healthy because the thing is, you know, no artist is the same Right. because you have a story to tell and your story is not the same as nobody, like nobody has your story. My, one of my teachers at the conservatory told me like, there are better singers out there than you. And I was like, okay, thank you. But there are better singers out there than you, but nobody has your, nobody can tell your story like you do. And that's the thing that got me out of it as well. But it's it's so important to remember in those moments, you know? Absolutely. But I think a lot of artists, I, a lot of my uh, artist friends deal with the same fear of failure and fear of rejection. It's just because you have to put yourself out there, but oh, it's, mm. it's, 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 a, it's scary. But once you push through those, those fears, you'll get rewarded so much more and you'll just grow and you'll be so proud of yourself and your music will shine finally, you know? 
Absolutely. So what major positive experience has given you the push to follow this journey? The positive experiences? Being on stage, being in the studio and creating amazing, like creating magic. You know, just feeling the all the inspiration flowing out of me, like that. I mean, every time I, I come back from a studio, I just feel as if I have energy for two weeks, even though I slept for three mm. after, you know, like, for instance, uh, one of my songs, Venha Ka, uh, it's the first, first port- Portuguese song that I've ever written. And I was in a studio with an amazing producer and with two musicians, and we wrote the song one hour at four o'clock in the morning. And I wrote Portuguese lyrics, which, which I never did before. I know how to speak Portuguese a little bit, but we just knew instantly it's a fucking good song. You know, let's just do it. It's an amazing song. And I came home. I had to work at eight o'clock in the morning and I, I, I came home at five, six. I slept for two hours, but I had energy for the whole week, mm. you know, and just creating. That's the positive experience, creating, being on stage, creating music with, with my fellow artists. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. And of course, when people respond to the music you've released, of course, you know, mm, totally. that's also amazing. So you touched on it a little bit already, but what, if there's anything you want to add to the question, what does music mean to you? Hmm. That's a deep one. Music is love. Music is good energy. Even if it's a sad song about a very heavy subject, it's, it's, it's one person sending their love to another, you know, music is the connector between people, between us and the world. Uh, I think, I, you know, what I don't understand sometimes is that musicians get paid so little, but are without us, the world would not start, you know, would not just, everybody would just go insane. If we didn't have music during the pandemic, how would, would have people have felt? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Music was one thing that got us through it. Art, actually, not only just music, but the whole art, the whole cultural sector, you know? Because when we were sad, when we were down, we listened to music. When we were happy, we just needed to party everything out, dance everything out. We put our music, you know? Absolutely. And also, like, for instance, the, the rhythms from Africa, like West Africa and East Africa, when you hear those, you just want to dance. Rhythm is so important. And music is something that binds people. It's just It just connects. It doesn't matter. I've played with musicians all over the world in different countries, and it's so great. Sometimes we don't even speak the same languages but we can make music together and that's just amazing you know so yeah fantastic so if people want to get in touch find out about your music about the course where can they go so if you want to listen to my music you can of course look at spotify joe sarah yeah it's j-o and then a space and then sarah with h or go to instagram at joe sarah music and if you want to follow my course or just, you know, get tips and tricks uh, for your Instagram, uh, it's Uma Boss Coach on Instagram. And umaboss.com is my website. And I will open spots for artists every few months. The first one is starting in October. It's, it's going to be a, a lower, like a very big discount. So if you want to get on that, you can. You can always message me. And there's only spots for five artists because we have a weekly group coaching as well. And I want to keep it small and I mm-hmm. want to keep it intimate because I really want to have attention for everybody. Yeah. So either Joe Sarah Music on Instagram or my boss coach on Instagram. And I definitely would like love to help 
you who, who is listening in whatever way, either with your sexuality or your education about that or your social media. And uh, yeah, well, thank you so much for having me as well. Like, I love this conversation. It was really great. Yeah, fantastic. And at the end, I do like to play a piece of music by the artist I'm interviewing. So what can we hear? I have a song called No Wi-Fi. This song, I wrote it during the pandemic because I just felt like I wanted to go to a paradise with a lover and just get rid of all the worries and stress around the pandemic things. And This is also the video clip that I shot with my iPhone. So yeah, no Wi-Fi. Fantastic. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation. And uh, yeah, once again, thank you so much and continued success. Thank you. Thank you. Same goes to you. It's like a great podcast, definitely. Thank you so much for listening. I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform, as this really helps get the word out about the podcast, so other musicians can benefit from the awesome knowledge that my guests are sharing. The more the musicians' community collectively learns, the stronger we will become. A rising tide lifts all ships. This episode is sponsored by the Skinny Armadillo Printing Company in Fort Worth, Texas, offering a full range of apparel decoration and promotional items such as screen printing, embroidery, laser engraving, and much more. The Skinny Armadillo is now offering a merch fulfillment service including on-demand printing and a custom-built web store so you can concentrate on your music and running your business as a musician. Visit theskinnyarmadillo.com or call 817-546-1430 to learn how the Skinny Armadillo can help you take your merch to the next level. Keep pushing the needle and be excellent to each other. This is Joe Sarah with No Wi-Fi. Let's go to a place where there's no Wi-Fi, a paradise where we can get high. of your skin, the moment we're in, feels right, feels right, your sensitive lips, your hands on my hips, feels right, oh I'm looking for the hot summer sweat and get romance, but we do nothing but kiss and just dance, and get high, and get high, and get, 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 and get, get high, let's go to a place where there's no Wi-Fi, a paradise, where we can get high. Let's go to a place where there's no Wi-Fi, a paradise, where we can get high of the love, high of the love, high of the love. I feel your tender touches, my hands of ginger spice, loving arms around me all day and night. Boy, don't be shy, your wildest dreams come true. I'm here and saving all my
space.